This week, the British Basketball League, the greatest league in the United Kingdom, Mark. Well, the only league in the United Kingdom, but yes, absolutely. Can on that point, um, we were talking to um, it's coming up, and it, we, we were talking to lots of people, but um, we were talking to a um, Newcastle Eagles owner last night, and I think that's coming up this this week, is it, Mr. Blake? Yes. Um, and it, one of the things that we said to him, and I just thought, let's start the show with this tomorrow that we were like, I don't think people in the UK realize how good the British Basketball League is. You turn up to the venue and you've got all the dan, 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 all the great sound effects. You go into a, um, a timeout, all the lights go down, bam, you've got the dancers coming on the, on, on the court. You've got all the music playing like that. You've got a mascot running around. You've got all that entertainment going on. Plus, you got a game of basketball. Yeah, it's a full experience. And it's like, what, £10 a ticket sometimes? £15 a ticket? I actually, after speaking to uh, uh, to uh, Paul last night, I went up and looked at the price of a um, Newcastle like hospitality ticket. Yep. It's not that expensive. It's basically the same price. This is hospitality with a meal, um, a bar, you're meeting players and stuff like that. Same price, pretty much, as a premiership football ticket really yes and i was like wow if i'm up in newcastle i'm gonna do that whole vip experience yeah well i mean that goes without saying doesn't it and i'd be curious actually to have a look and see what the other teams are doing on that yeah i I'm, i can only speak for um newcastle now actually no, i looked at the surrey prices i think it was like 11 pounds something um, to go watch them play, but it's nothing really. It's nothing, no, and it's, that's, that's good. That's it's good just show. great entertainment. It's just great basketball, and watching it on you like YouTube and on Sky Sports Arena, I'm always watching it, just going, "Oh, I just want to be there. Just want to be there." And I just, I, I hope our listeners, you know, have that enthusiasm that we have, and um, you know, if you're around, go and check out a game. If yeah, you're not if you're- around, pick a team and support it. Yeah, there's a lot of people who want. They to, want their uh, local team yeah, to they, be in there, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. And and you know, one of the things we covered in the episode, and we won't ruin it, but there's only so many teams at the moment, so you're gonna have to pick a team. And it might not be, you know, like football. There's a lot of people who support football who don't live anywhere near the. T- oh, I support Man United. What you live in? Or Plymouth. they'll support Portsmouth, and they'll go, "Yeah, that's my Premier League team." Yeah, uh, exactly. And I had an amazing idea. Uh, amazing we, amazing idea oh, and amazing what did i just say <laughs> i'm joking anyway we can pick if someone doesn't know we can pick the teams for we can have the pot of the 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 i don't know the goblet of choice or something and you can the draw the live go- the goblet of and choice and say this is for if you're Dave- a harry potter fan we are not ripping that off in any way <laughs> This is the, the, we should just say it's the Goblet of Fire, shouldn't we? <laughs> yeah. um, literally, you would say, Dave Smith, here we go. You goblet of force. We're, we're, we're picking the ticket. You have got Newcastle Eagles. We'll do, we'll do, I think that'd be we'll, great. Yeah. Someone wants us a pick. We'll do the Goblet of Fire. Uh, yeah, we can do something like that. That's not a bad idea. We can get something like that on Someone the Someone says, I need a team. We'll give you a team. Anyway, right. We cracking on with this week, Mark? We are going to crack on with this week. 
it's been a good week actually for the BBL, I think. And it was quite nice is that if you think it's only a few weeks back that we were in the league. Um, sorry, we we're in the trophy. Yeah. And now it's just, I must say not that the trophy didn't exist, but we're full steam ahead back in the league. Last week, it sort of picked up a little bit this week with we're full blown into it. There is, and there's only one way you can start this show. Can I start this one? Yeah? <laughs> talking about that kid do you know what i'm talking about that kid leicester versus sheffield we're talking fourth, Legend. fourth quarter fourth quarter uh, i want to say eight minutes 28 minutes 38 minutes 40 something like that left on the clock technically you should give another round of applause to his mum <laughs> all right this <laughs> yeah. is for his mum this is for his mum um, not in that way though he, he, she doesn't get the full applause that he does well for those who don't know what we're talking about, this was absolute, a brilliant moment, I thought. Um, and it was this young man, he had a Michael Jordan top. Um, MJ wanted to tag in. He runs on the court during the game. And, you know, looking from the video, it looks like they're sat right behind the basket, right yeah. behind the basket one end. So that kid has got a clear line onto the court. Um, and the brilliant thing about it is his mum's running after him and any parent out there knows what how she's feeling right there. And it's like, uh, you know what, she at one point, it looks like she grabs hold of him. She's like walking him off the court. He's slippery. Well, it looks like she looks to the referee and, and goes, I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, I thought, what a great moment. But... Um, yeah, she apologises to Ref, but uh, whoever had the ball at the time, um, it was a... Who was it? Who was it? Um, I think it was a Sheffield player. Damn it. That's either Sheffield or Leicester, wasn't it? Well, yeah, because they were playing. <laughs> well, no, no, but I'm saying. It's either one of them. <laughs> yeah, it would definitely be one of them. Um, but whoever had the ball, he actually points to the kid as he's coming up the court. Oh, does he? Yeah, and what I thought about that moment, the players on the court sh showed 100% professionalism. The referees showed 100% professionalism. The kid, he wanted to go, get going, get ready for the big time in the BBL, but he's just starting maybe... Mate, 10, 12, 15 years too early. If you, put, if you didn't five and pine and you put MJ on the bench, he wants to get on the court. And he channeled his inner MJ. He got himself on that court. And as his mum's walking him off, you can see people are smiling. People are laughing. It's quite light, light-hearted. <laughs> Referees did made the great stop. It didn't stop, interrupt man. the play. Did no, it? Didn't, no, it didn't affect anything whatsoever other than just people who had, I've never seen that before in... in in my entire career. I mean, I've seen... There was a I've cat seen on a basketball court a few weeks back. There was a cat. There's a little video going around. I'm sure people have seen it. There's a cat that just randomly got into a stadium and was running along a court. Uh, I've seen bats before. Yeah. Or birds. You've seen a, that. There's a famous one in one of the courts, isn't it? Is it Phoenix? Where they got... They, the guy comes out with a... He comes with a bat costume on no, trying to catch them. I think it's San Antonio. Oh, yeah. That's it, maybe. Because the, the only reason... I, I could be wrong. Texas, right? I just remember um, uh, Parker... Uh, hitting a bat once. 
That's what I remember. Shot didn't go in because of bat. He's like, wham, and then he picked it up, gave it to someone, and that was it. But um, yeah, no, like I, I thought it was such a lighthearted moment. Game paused for what twenty seconds. Ball inbounds, bam, they're back into it. I just thought great moment for the British Basketball League, and um, yeah, it, it was. Uh, I, I just thought you've got to celebrate those things because it's human, isn't it? It's it, these are real people. We're real. Everyone's playing and real life is happening and every parent can sympathize with Ev everyone imagine she's looked around and gone her heart sunk and she's gone oh no ah uh, he's on the court well especially <laughs> and the play's going towards him she was looking at her phone or just you know like anyone does and they're just doing something they're watching the game so they're watching that play and he's going i'm gonna go through that gap so he snuck off on the gap and then she went oh there's a kid on the <gasps> that's mine yeah and there's like you know a two second delay towards the Just end of the game though thinking. they're not sat in that same spot no they're not there so <laughs> i think like it's like right we're going home but look you might be you know um told off by your mum but i'll say glory lasts forever yeah. just remember that that, that is a story you will be talking about yeah i just ran onto the the Leicester court yeah you know try to get into the game you know but uh the rest weren't allowing it so my mum had to drag me off that story will be told in his family for the next 80 years that that is genius <laughs> that, I mean he that's the sort of kid who when he's older turns into the the guy at the Super Bowl who ran on uh being a streaker he got and he put a bet on that there was going to be a streaker oh. <laughs> on the Super Bowl then he went and did it and they honoured the bet and he won like 400 grand or something. Well, that's... <laughs> that, that, that's that, that before kids. the betting companies worked out how, hang on, someone could actually just go and do it themselves? I don't know, but they just... There was no loophole on that, so he went and did it. Well, there you go. Thinking outside that, the that's box. That's the kids' future there. Well, there, there, there you go, Mark. I just thought that was had to be the start because... Well, well, just um, kick, kick that game through. Let's go through that game. You want me to go the, the Leicester game? Yeah. Uh, okay, so you had the... The Leicester Riders hosting the Sheffield Sharks. And um, you know what? One of the things I noticed, and I, I just want to highlight it, which was there could be a lot of dunking that's happening in Leicester because those rims look like they're taking a beating. You reckon? Do you know when the, the, the front of the rim just leans down a little yeah, bit? Yeah, yeah. One in particular looks worse than the other. Oh, you it's think not so? too bad. It's not too bad, but I thought it was noticeable. Like, oh man, you need to do something with those rims. I don't know if they just need to bend them back. I mean, look, these guys are like six eight, six nine, slamming two hundred odd pounds, coming down on They're that not hard. Small, so yeah. it's um, it, you know, it's it's just something I noticed. But um, uh, the other thing I wanted to sh say about Leicester is. I don't know who's in charge of their entertainment, but what a great show that they put on um, that goes alongside the game. And it was when I was watching that game in particular, I was like, I really want to start off by highlighting how good the entertainment is at these yeah. games. Um, and, you know, he had all the music going, the commentating, the noise, the sounds, all of it. And I just thought it just complemented the game really well similar to noises that we're doing in the ports of force and i was just like brilliant great but um you gotta hand it to sheffield in this game because they have definitely been working on some things um because it was a great performance especially in the first half 
but in the second half, it wasn't quite there. They only had sec- uh, 37 points. Um, but what a great all-round team performance from Leicester. Um, I know you're a huge, huge fan of uh, Teddy Allen, Teddy Buckets, Teddy Buckets. As, as he's called. Um, what a great performance um, he put on, specifically in the third quarter. Um, he was making extremely sense is how I'd word this sensible decisions with the ball when he had it. Uh, I had a stat because I know you like this. He was 100% from the line yes. and he went to the line 11 times, 11 for 11. I mean, look, let's just dwell on that. Ele- he went to the line 11 times and that team at that point or through there, they went down a couple of times. They, Leicester were down uh, a few times during that game. He's going to the line. So it's a tight enough game where every point matters. He's banging them all in. That's what you should be doing. You're proud. Yeah, exactly what you just said there. I I thought he just hit tough shot after tough shot. And his proficiency is absolutely outstanding. Um, And that in itself just highlights what an outstanding player he is. And whoever got him in Leicester like... You know, pay rise time. Like it's like, what an impact he's he's had on the team. Or going um, to Europe time. But um, you've got um, uh, Teddy Allen. He um, ended the game with a double double with thirty-five points, twelve rebounds, and five assists. Mark. That's very good. That is and very good um, I, I actually, I'm going to come back to saying I got some stats for you. Um, but after that victory, you know, Leicester are continuing their charge up the table. Um, and some of the things I wanted to highlight for you was uh, that game, Leicester scored 28 points from the free throw line. And they're the best in the league at actually getting to the line. Um, and they're the third best in the league at making it from the line. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, um, that's really good. And you had... Uh, uh, Jaron Holmes as well with 19 points and six assists. Uh, he had a, a, I think it was second half. He had a beautiful teardrop over two sharks. Um, and uh, yeah, they're both closing him down, just throws it high, drops down. Um, and you've also got a credit, um, Adowu and McKenzie, they had great games. I laugh because they just got overshadowed by an absolutely amazing performance from Teddy Allen. But yeah. they, they had great performances. They played great. And um, this is where I wanted to go back to, where I just got to. So um, Teddy Buckets, he's played nine games in the BBL now. Yep. He's scored 238 points. Wow. Um, That's some going. So he's averaging 26.4 points, yeah? Now, another huge player who scored more points than anyone else in the BBL at the moment is Matt Morgan. Yeah. 466 points. But he's played 24 games, and his average is 19.4. Wow. You like that, don't you? Yeah, I mean... It would be interesting where Alan would be if he had played those 24 games. You know, he's going to be up there competing with the top scoring title with Matt Morgan. 
Um, I mean, you can't take away from Matt Morgan. You can't take that. He scored more three-pointers than anyone else in the league by a lot. He yes. scored, I think he scored 71. But also, um, with defence of Morgan as well, there's been games where Morgan hasn't been as prolific with his scoring. He may be getting 14 or 15 or something. but And he can be rested. But the cast that he's... Yeah, exactly. The cast he's got around him, they can afford to do that. Teddy's driving the driving the, the charge on this one but do you know that they're they've won seven out of their last eight games sorry who's this Leicester seven out of their yeah, last yeah, eight yeah, games yeah. I mean that's that's pretty good isn't it as far as the stat goes yeah no they're, they're all, all coming together and you've got to talk about you know Teddy Allen because he's joined the team for the last nine games yeah maybe he's that piece that you know that they needed um, yeah it seems that way it seems that he's done something to the dynamic of the team not just as in he as a great player and you know being able to put something in as a contributor but he's done something to the dynamic of how they all are fired up or how they're all playing together or gelling I don't know but and if you listen to his interviews as well so in particular after that game he's a real humble guy real humble guy um, well, I've never listened to the interviews yeah well it, it's um him in particular, you know, he, he just came across like, you know, I'm very appreciative um, for for being here. And that's, you know, he was a complete professional. So um, Leicester got the win, 108, Sheffield 94. However, Sheffield, and going back to my very first point with this one, especially in the first half, Sheffield looks like, looked like they're starting to click. So, um... I yeah. think if they start playing in games like they did in the first half, it'll be interesting to see how they, where they end up. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, at one point, they were all tussling in that sort of middle section. Leicester seems to be putting their foot down a bit and moving up that table or tr trying to get up there. But um, it, it's, not a, it's not a huge win. It's, it's sort of a nine-point win. Or 11-point win, sorry. So there you go, Mark. That's that's the Leicester game. Wow, great game. We we, we have we should call it the Teddy Buckets game. The Teddy Buckets game. <laughs> so one of the games um, we are not skipping around, but we'll come back to it. Is uh, obviously the Caledonia game. But you've got one on the Caledonia game from previous in the week. So the next game that we were oh we kind of touched on it as well. We touched so on it last episode, but you know to round it all off. Um, but Plymouth were playing the Eagles and this was in Plymouth so it's no surprise in a way that Newcastle would be the victors there 92-80 the score 12 point victory fairly comfortable um, <clears throat> Ricky McGill Larry Austin they just led them completely locked in offensively and they the way that they there was very early deficit like they, they sort of just fell behind that curve a little bit then they just you know when you just see a team put their foot down and they just went okay we need to do a bit more work here put their foot in got over that line and then they just kept it and then by the second quarter they got down to a really short narrow lead but they, they kept that lead and then they just put their foot down and off it went um the second half it was really turnovers and pretty shocking defense I don't know if you saw any of the highlights of the game, but the, the Plymouth defence or 
seemed non-existent um <laughs> and it wasn't it wasn't just that the eagles were making them look like they were standing still it just it just thought come on you just got to do more and then there was turnovers and then some sloppy play and then that just allowed the eagles to go away so it wasn't that the eagles uh it wasn't that the patriots lost it because uh, the eagles were always going to win that one i believe but the patriots just didn't they weren't clicking at all they just made their lives a bit easier um ricky mcgill names player of the game 27 points a legend ricky three rebounds four assists challenging for that scoring title yeah and i, I you know what i love seeing when you have people who are scoring and like you've been with teddy buckets they're getting rebounds and they're getting assists as well it's not you are just out there to score they're out there playing they're assisting they're getting rebounds they're actually contributing to the whole flow of the game and i love seeing that but it was i say it's a foregone conclusion on that the one thing i would highlight is when you if you go and watch the the, the clips or the full game uh it's out there on youtube i believe um oh, they're all out there on youtube the all the games are it's set in the Patriots stadium which obviously is not going to be there next season which is a shame because that's one of my favorites but that game it's got really like the atmosphere in it you go oh it's just so good and they good. turn the crowd down yeah it's so and good again their entertainment package is really good Brilliant. as well um I, I love it really reminds me of um well i'd say it's how basketball should be when there's a timeout all the lights go down so there must <laughs> i haven't paid too much attention but I, i'm assuming there's like a torch or something on the coach's clipboard or whatever it is so they can see but it goes quite low down um at times. i don't know you know I, I, maybe they have a little book reading light or something i've never even thought of that but they do one of the best shows they do and 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 it it's part of that whole pavilion thing so the fact that they're losing that that is a shame and who knows what they're going to be doing next season but just watching that you go at first, you think, oh, this game's closer than it is. But when you look it back, you think the Eagles struggled finding their form. And then when they just found that gear off and that's it, and then they just, they didn't really have to try that hard. Um, fairly uh, straightforward victory there. But uh, it's a road victory. And as we know, road victories aren't easy. So it's a straightforward victory, but it's not straightforward. Well, it's a straightforward <laughs> victory they they got it but at the same time i know what you're saying when you're on the road it's always you don't have your home fans and especially when you're going somewhere like that where it's got a really good atmosphere i mean if, to be fair all the bbl places seem to have a good atmosphere but that the patriots in particular have a, a very specific type of arena that is unique and it must be a home advantage it just must be so to get a win down there you know is, is a big thing remember the patriots beat the lions it's very easy for everyone to forget that that they beat them down there so taking those wins there it's obviously a place to go but that's it so that's that game i forgot we used to do like an air horn going between all the games was it the air horn yeah it was it was, it was oh, i forgot we need to bring that back let's bring it back you mucked it up because you got too excited there well, the only problem is <clears throat> Your voice my voice is going because um i mean this is a uh, uh an exclusive of what's coming up but um last night we recorded newcastle eagle owner paul blake fantastic interview that was um you know it was just an honor to get so much time with him 
Yep, thank you, Paul. Um, that's great. And the d- night before that, or sorry, the day before that, um, we had an absolute BBL legend in Colin Irish. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the BBL greats. And again, that was over three hours we were talking to him. And uh, yeah, so that is why my voice is um, going, if you can hear it. But you know what I, I love about some of the interviews we do? I'd say majority of them. And um, those two are definitely highlights of it. Is people give you time, which is so valuable. Yeah, it's very appreciated. And a lot of things, people don't know this, but before we start the interview that everyone hears, we're having a general chit chat. Um, and like the chit chat we had with Colin Irish went on for 45 minutes. <laughs> it was great. And it was yeah. like, and then we finished recording after like two and a half hours. And then we carried on talking basketball for another 45 minutes. And I mean, um, it was very similar with Paul as well, Paul Blake. Yeah. And we've and a couple of the other guests in, in the past that we've had who've been on and been you know, gracious with their time have come in and said, oh, yeah, that's fine. And didn't think it would be more than half hour, 45 minutes chatting. And two hours later, they're leaving. Thinking, Jax was one of them, wasn't he? Jax. Yeah, well, it was when he was like, I told you, told the wife it would be 45 minutes. It was like, like three and a half hours. <laughs> well, yeah. that's, I mean, that's the beauty of basketball. You start talking about it and you just get swept up. And it's then, anything. Is it? yeah. If you're passionate about something, you really enjoy the everything like we do with basketball. But it could be anything. It could be music. It could be knitting. If, you, if you're talking about something that you really enjoy, you just get totally overwhelmed. Or badminton. You could go on for hours about that, couldn't you? If I, if, hang on. I need to find a sound for that, Mark. <laughs> if I could find like a tumbleweed sound or something like that, that is what that is what I would have played for your badminton nonsense. Badminton. No one likes badminton. Anyway, uh, if anyone out there knows of a, and I would, I really would like a GB. Uh, you know, someone who is performing at a top tier badminton player. I could beat easy from the ladies' team. Easy, I would it's love. Not a sport. I'd love you to, if you could know that person or you know anyone in that sort of thing, get in touch with the show and play. I would love to arrange a game where Paul has to play someone like Bam. Easy, I wouldn't break a sweat, mate. Wouldn't break a sweat. <laughs> but I refuse to play on a court. Where there's badminton, where there's basketball lines. So what, you, you I wonder if they go walk to and di- go, oh, basketball lines. That's the question we've got to ask them. Yeah. Anyway, right, let me crack on with this one. Boom. Right, we're going to talk about the Bristol Flyers at home to the, are we saying league champions to be, I guess, London Lions. They haven't, it, it's, it's mathematical. To be. If, if, if mathematically possible that, that I guess, uh, Cheshire could catch them, but uh, they're not. They're not. And the, I always look at leagues and, and stuff like this where I'd look at it and go, okay, they've played three quarters, or what is it, 80% of the league maybe? Um, and they've lost three games. Are they now going to lose five games, six games in their last eight? No, probably not. So that's that's what I mean. Well, that's why I'm, I'm fairly confident when I say they're champions. But um, I did say that in week 11 as well, Mark. Maybe week 10. Remember that? Uh, you said it week four, I think. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, right. so let's talk about um, London in particular. Uh, this game. Um, what a great, great game. 
for Tevin Ollison and Matt Morgan. Um, just looking at their stats, they both had 31 points in this game. Their field goal percentage, 61%, 62%. Free throw percentage, Matt Morgan, 100%. Uh, Ollison, 80%. Um, it was just, they were absolute outstanding for their teams. Yeah. Um, they both, both started the game really strong. Um, Ollison, in particular, I loved how strong and aggressive he was being. I, I like him as a player. Yeah. Um, and it just, it seemed just to fall away in the fourth. Um, but what was great about this game was London pull away, Bristol keep coming back. London pull away, and that repeated a few times. And there were moments when it looked like London were going to like just absolute pull away, and then Bristol come back into the game. Um, and look, to beat London, you need to put up big numbers. Bristol put up ninety three, yeah. and. Um, they gave it a big shot, but unfortunately, Matt Morgan was on fire. Yeah, he was absolutely. He obviously heard you talking about Teddy Buckets going for that scoring championship, and Morgan was like, "Just wait a minute." Well, yeah, I've 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 heard a few London players now say, "Hang on," when they're watching uh, Teddy Allen going, "Hang on, we're gonna have to start passing Matt Morgan the ball more, <laughs> um, get get his numbers up." But um, yeah, I mean, he he. Started the game absolutely on fire, and um, he combined uh, with Dante Gratham, with uh, who got 24.7 rebounds, four assists. They combined together for 55 points. Um, you know, over half the points for London. Um, and there was a, an absolute. This might be my favourite play of the week, I think with the exception of that kid running on the court. Oh, really? Matt Morgan driving on the inside. He's um, Imagine you're facing the basket. He's driving in, like, on the right-hand side, coming through the lane. And he, like, does a pump fake to his right. The defender is sold, flies over. The defender goes to his left. And, um, you know, he's just got a clear lane, gets that shot. But what an incredible uh, movement of the ball. It, and it was so quick. Bam, defender's gone. He's got an open shot. Um, he, this game in particular just highlighted, for me, his agility, his speed. What a player. What a player. Um, and uh, where did I write it? How many points did he get? I got 31 points. Where, where's the rest of his stats? I didn't write it down. Oh, no. Have it's you got his stats there? Whose stats, Jim Wood? Uh, Matt Morgan. Uh, if I had to guess, I'd say 31 points, five assists. Uh, let me have a look. Um, where is it? I didn't write that down. That's a disgrace. This, that is utter disgrace. That is a disgrace. Hang your head in shame. I think he got two rebounds, three rebounds. Uh, I'm just looking at it now. It's the points where he, it, it, you know, he, he made that huge contribution. 31, two rebounds <clears throat> and four assists. Oh, I want far off then. Um, so, uh, yeah. And, and for Tevin um, Ollison, 31, three rebounds and four assists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you've you, you've got to chuck in uh, Levy Bradley in there. He had an absolute... Levi Bradley was brilliant and Dante Grant. Huge contribution with 21.3 rebounds and two assists. 
Um, the only, um, the only, I think the negative that I found with London was they had 19 turnovers in this game, wow. which resulted into 20 points for the Bristol Flyers. I just thought that was a really interesting stat. 19 turnovers. 19 turnovers, yeah. Not just, was it sloppy play or just... Because that was one of the things in, in the Plymouth game. They just, they, they, it was so sloppy. They were just bumbling everywhere. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that, I mean, turnovers. but, yeah, you know, Matt Morgan was absolute on fire. Um, and it's a road win, so that's always good because you know they've got the copper box they know anyone goes to the copper box they're always going to have a tough game aren't they it's a yeah it's a and fortress they're, they're, they're just not taking their foot off the throttle no um definitely matt morgan's not and it was uh you know what it was it's if if you got a spare five minutes go check out the highlights it's basically i'll just say it's the matt morgan highlights really well matt morgan and um uh tevin olsen is their highlight reel really but really um well, you got Dante, uh, uh, Dante uh, Gratham as well, but um, he'll be in there. But uh, yeah, what? Yeah, that. What? And please check out that play. Um, yeah, I hope. Look out. I hope the BBL. Um, I love their social media stuff that they do, and I really hope they do um, Matt Morgan's fake. Yeah. Yeah. Check it out. Um, yeah, it is, it is arguably one of my favourite moments this week. So yeah, Mark, that is the. Uh, Bristol Flyers game. Flyers. They had 93. London had 101. The Lions roar, roar out of Bristol with the win. Well, on that note, we've got to be talking about the Scorchers and the Giants. Surrey Scorchers playing at home narrowly. And I mean narrowly. 89 to 85 beat Manchester Giants. Uh, and I actually thought they were going to lose at one point and not just like lose a little bit, lose a lot. It, um, I'm just looking at my notes now. It was a team effort to overcome the deficit <clears throat> because the way in which Manchester were just, I want to say freely scoring, but they just seemed to end to end. Every time they got one, there was another one back. It was like they couldn't pull away. And then they sort of were down a little bit then they got closer, then Manchester pulled away. But they really, really, really just worked as a team to do that. And I'm gonna, I wanna say, give some shout outs really, but Saquon Jameson, a player that we've talked about before, player of the game with a double-double, 13 points, but 13 rebounds. And you can't really go wrong if you're gonna be getting those sort of numbers. I would, however, like to put in that Andrew Lawrence put in 15 points, two rebounds and 11 assists. So if you're chucking 11 assists in, everyone on the team's contributing. Everyone's getting points on the board. Their two high scores were, you know, under 20. Whereas when we look at Manchester Giants, it was Nicholas Lewis on 25 and Nick Stampley on 21. So you really had that Manchester two-pronged attack, so to speak. Whereas, sorry, it was very clear. Everyone was contributing. Everyone was putting something in. Um, but for me, where the game was really contested, it, it was at, towards the end and it was the starters who were, I won't say having the difficulty, but when the bench players came on, I think that was the separator. 
because I think maybe the teams are just very equal. Maybe Manchester Giants and Surrey Scorchers sit in that middle part of the table where they, everyone is equally as talented. But it was the depth of the bench at Surrey that maybe pushed, I would say, arguably gave it. I mean, we're talking about four points. Four points, it's not really that um, huge. But that does mean <laughs> that there is a chance the Scorchers can be in the playoffs. Oh, yeah, let's, let's have a look. Can I say, sorry, I haven't seen the table this week. Well, well, I haven't seen it recently. Oh, you haven't got it. That's right. Oh, no, I've got a table. But what I was going to say was, um, but that actually, that kills it off for Manchester completely. Oh, they're done. Yeah. That completely, that, that completely. So who's 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 fighting for that eighth spot? So you got Surrey. Well, let me show you the table. So table this week, as it currently stands. Patriots at the bottom, then Giants, then Scorchers. And that's why this game was so important. Oh, so the but the Giants, they could. Well, you say that, but Surrey yeah. are now on eleven wins. Whereas the Giants There's are on a gap. seven. There's a gap there, There's, isn't there? But also, more importantly, the gap is who beat who? Surrey beat Manchester. They are the team. They're the incumbent team above Manchester. So the even if it came to a draw, it's like, well, who did you play? How did you do when you played each other? Well, we lost. So Surrey have pretty much pushed that out to them, which is, you know, obviously for Manchester, that would have been a really tough blow. But Surrey were playing at home and, you know, they secured the bag. So fair play to them. But I just thought it was interesting that it was a very, very team-focused uh, win. Everyone put some points on the board. Everyone was getting involved in that. Whereas with Manchester, it's more a couple of players really pulling out stops. But that was the game in hand. Four-point win for Surrey. Yeah. Back nice. To you. Nice. Well, uh, what you're doing the Plymouth game, aren't you? That's the next one. Oh, okay, I'll do that one. Plymouth and Leicester. Plymouth back at home. Leicester. <laughs> As I heard someone, one of my one of my foreign colleagues called it once, Leicester. Leicester. That's <laughs> like Worcestershire, isn't it? Yeah. They, they, they were getting some, they were coming out of some beautiful sayings. So Plymouth, probably the, the surprise of the week, I think it's fair to say. Plymouth playing at home in the pavilions against Leicester. And they pull off the win. No one saw that coming. Well, can I can I add something to this? Yeah. Um, the Riders had players missing. They had nine players in total, and um, Miran Thomas in particular wasn't playing. And just personally, I think he would have made a significant difference in that game. Yeah. No, I agree. But um, but he wasn't there, so they lost. 109 to 93. It's not a small loss either. 16 point deficit. Even though Plymouth are bottom of the league, they overcame Leicester, who haven't lost any of those games in, in, in as we've just talked about. They were seven for eight. That's their, yeah, that's their first loss in a while, isn't and it? And that was, they hadn't lost directly six games. That's six games they won back to back. So that was their first one. Terrell Green, I want to call out for Plymouth. Standout performance. From the bench, 33 points. Yeah, he made <laughs> so, he he also made some huge plays. Yes. At the absolute pivotal moments, I thought, in the game. I love his footwork and I, I think 
I think he made a huge impact from beyond the arc as well. He did, and it was particularly in that second half. Uh, what I loved seeing was that he did that from the bench. So immediately they've got me looking at that thinking, as a coach, do you think he's like the microwave guy? So we know he's going to come on and he's going to be hot. Or is he actually someone that we should be starting? And I think those are really interesting. You know, you're, you're creating a, an issue for a coach now, aren't you? Where you, the coach is there thinking, has he earned his place as a starter? Or is he better to come on, produce, do his part, and then move on? Because that, that that's, that's you know, you've got to create problems for your coach in a way with those sort of things. But fantastic result for him. 33 off a bench. I've got to say again, that's awesome. That's got to be one of the highest off the bench scores that the BBL have seen, surely. I I don't I don't know. That would be a nice stat to know. Um, there was, sorry, did you say 37? 33. I think I've seen, I think there was a 37 recently, but I can't recall who did it. Off the bench. Ooh. That's what I'm saying. Off a bench. If you can you imagine someone going, Oh, we've got a bench player who's just who could bang in 33. Oh, actually, what? no. I'm I'm actually referring to a story Paul Blake said to us last night. That's what I'm thinking. 37 okay. in the first half is what yes. he said. Yes, Um Yeah, and the thing I liked about this win for Plymouth is they just stood firm um at home and it was like time after time. They just stopped these huge momentum runs coming from like McKenzie who had 19 points. Allen with 35 points. Yep. Um, I, I love the fact that uh, Teddy Allen, he went on in a 11 and 0 run um, to bring the Riders within three. And then Plymouth had their own run of 12 and nothing. <laughs> it was like, wow, what a moment. Uh, it's also worth highlighting, like you just said there, with Teddy getting 35. So what? did you get the win no so even though you can get some players who are getting these big numbers in you've got to have everyone on the team contributing and you've got to be stopping at the other end I'm glad you said that because look at the total number of assists in the team between the two teams Leicester nine assists really uh, Plymouth 27 yeah, well there we go get that ball moving um, it makes such a difference and Again, we saw it, I was just talking about with the Scorchers and the Giants. With the Giants, you had that two-pronged attack almost, and it was really down to those guys. With the Scorchers, just moved it around, and everyone had a, I want to say an average game score-wise, you know, 13, 15, etc. But everyone chipped in. And suddenly, if you're defending them, you go, who am I looking at? Because any of these guys can score. Yeah. Whereas if you go, I know Teddy Buckets is going to be if, you, if you're defending him, you go, he's going to the hole. I'm not saying he's going to be easy to guard, but you go, maybe we have to double him. Maybe we have to slow him down. But he is their offense. Cut the head off the snake, and then surely that will help. But We've well, got to talk about lesser riders. TJ Lyles, well, he got a double-double. 13 points, 11 rebounds. 13 points. Nice. Got a double-double. It's not something you see um, often. Which is why I always like highlighting it. And Jacob yeah. Wiley for the Patriots, he got a double-double with 19 points and 14 rebounds. Love a double-double. I love a triple-double. Um, I like seeing people who are efficient around the court and adding to every aspect. That's why I always love Russ Westbrook, even though people poo-poo him. He's always getting double figures. Poo-poo him. Yep. Poo-poo him. Um, I would argue 
that looking at that Bristol game, because I did watch this one, looking at that, sorry, Bristol game, that Plymouth game, yep. that if they had the team that they have now at the start of the season, I wonder where they would be now. Wow. Because I'm it's difficult for them to get to that eighth spot. But if they had the team where they are now, I wonder if where they would be. They had some injuries. They had a few issues on and off the court. Um, and obviously they've got a tumultuous time with, are they losing their grounds? Where are they going to next? Uh, the chairman has stepped down. They get other people coming in. So there's a lot of transitions happening at that club. That can't be easy as well. So it, I won't say almost. They've got to look at the season as we've got to take a knee, do what we can do and rebuild for next year. But it, it's just, it's going to be a different place. It's going to be a different team effectively next year, whoever it is, because of they're not going to be in that stadium. And as, you know, not giving away too much, but as we talked about last night, the home ground and having that stadium just makes so much difference. Yeah, it makes a huge difference. Can I just add back when I was talking about Leicester and stats? Leicester. Um, the stats I was referring to included this Plymouth game. Oh, okay. Just for confirmation. Give me a If anyone's going, hang on. But yeah, yeah. They included that game. Only, only Scoop would be pulling you up on that. Scoop is someone we know who is, um, well, he used to, we, he's like Mr. Stato. He, Fastidious with the stats. He would, um, you could actually give him a year and he would give you every result in the FA Cup fixtures, like all of it. He, he was literally Mr. Stato. Anyway, right, let's crack on. We've got last, last game up. Is a top of the table clash. It's a big Second one. v third. The Cheshire Phoenix versus the Caledonia Gladiators. I like the fact you say it's top of the table. Yeah, it's top of the table. Of course it is. Top half, yeah. No, second v third. Top, top half of the clash. Uh, you throw me off now. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> this is second v third. And um, you've just thrown me off my whole rhythm. Good. I was in in flow, and you threw my mind of what I was going to talk about. Uh, this was a huge game. Um, you know, teams going to be looking at where they end up in the playoffs now. Um, and you know, this I think was the game. Have you got the league table there as it is, stands now? Yeah. Is this the game that pushes Cheshire into second place? Yes. What, have you got it in for can I have a look? Yeah. Fair. Yeah, so there's okay, there's a three game three game difference as far as losses is concerned. So yeah, that's pretty pretty significant going into the um last part of the season. But um it was a great They were both on fifteen wins going into this game. Okay. Yeah, but I think before Caledonia had two more losses and so now they've got the gap is three. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Right, so yeah, now it's 16-15. But this was a game. Look, these are two juggernauts going up against each other. At the end of the half, um, it was 44-44. That tells you everything. Yeah. Um, but in particular, this game was uh, a, a great second half. Um, Aaron Rye 
Um, huge performance, getting 24 points, eight rebounds, and four assists. And Maceo Jack, he threw in 15 points. EJ uh, Stephens, 12 points. Uh, Cam Holden, 11 points. Um, I love the fact that Cheshire are just spreading their offensive responsibility across the team. And that is why they're an absolute nightmare to defend for teams. <laughs> um, like you're trying to defend that. Um, but we got to talk about the legend, LaQuincy. Yeah. LaQuincy Rideau was on absolute fire. Ending the game in 26.7 rebounds, four assists. Sorry, that's four steals, three assists. I buggered that one up. Wow. Damn it. Terrible. Damn it. I buggered that one up. Should I do that again? Do it again. Okay. LaQuincy Rodeau, he was on absolute fire. Ended the game up with 26.7 rebounds, three assists, four steals, Mark. We walk in the garden of his turbulence. <laughs> oh, dear. Have you drunk Red Bull today? <laughs> oh, dear. It, it, uh, it feels like that was a release. Uh, Some well, sort of, this is like a therapy session. I might, he, he was such a great game. I mucked it up. I had to give him a good one. I'd say something good. But he is Mr. Consistency. He, yeah. He's... Um, he, he got... He's always close to getting a double-double. Um, he is so strong getting to the basket. Um, and... You know, he shows his range from beyond the arc as well. Um, I, I, I like to think, I mean, is he he's Mr. Fr is he the franchise player, Mr. Franchise? But yeah. they got so many threats. I mean, Aaron Wright, great player. Um, Skylar White. Skylar White, you know, banging in the threes. There was a particular great um, moment. I think it was really early on in the game, actually. Um, uh, Rideau is bringing the ball up. I think he's on the left side of the court. Behind the back pass, Skylar White. Yeah, Boom! Yes. Yeah, that was Three. nice. That was nice. Um, but yeah, what a, what a great performance by him. And um, I'm going to come back to him in a second. But Cheshire now have won 10 straight games. Yeah. Something that they've not done since 2001. And they weren't even called the Cheshire Phoenix then. No. Do you know what? I want to give uh, Patrick Wheeling a shout out. Because he's just come back from injury. Caledonia and he started off the bench um, you know as you would coming back from injury made an immediate impression got them within like two points showed why he's you know a star sort of guard but I ended up with 16 points three uh, three rebounds and four assists but for coming back someone coming back he is one of their starters one of their star guys got injury you know, and then you go, well, you've got to come off the bench. So when you're coming in back to that first game, you think, oh, I don't want it to be as important a game as this one is. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, maybe that fueled him on. And yeah, so all great. So it's good good to see, you know, none of us want to see anyone out injured. So it's good to see when players are coming back from injury. And, and look, they, and they get, he did all right. Yeah, he did he all right. He had 16 points, three re rebounds, four assists. Yep. Um, <laughs> I, I know you like, like this stat, so I'll let you know it. Caledonia were 100% from the line as a team. You love that, don't you? I absolutely love that. How dare you stop that clap? No, you don't you get You've got to let clap. it go. No, don't get it. They were 100% from the line. 
Um, but we got to talk about Quaid Green. Yep. With a great contribution. Of 31 points, two rebounds, six assists, and four steals, Mark. That was... Uh... Yeah, you're not going to argue with that, are you? For, for... He's quick. He's very quick. He's quick. Very um, quick. I did think he could get pushed off the ball a bit. I think at one point towards the end of the game, his own player pushed him over, um, which led to a, a strange last 40 seconds, I thought. But um, yeah, I like him. He's a, he's a good little player. He seemed to have a bit of a, um, not rapport, but a little bit of back and forth with LaQuincy Rideau. Yep. Uh, you know, they're both Americans. They're, you know, probably talking about the United States of America. Oh, that's that's what you think they're chatting about on the court. Yeah, that's the PG version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going, Oh yes, which borough are you from? Yes, borough. Yeah, which borough? Very exciting. Um, so, yeah, uh, but the other thing, and uh, again, talking about stats, is Cheshire out rebounded the Gladiators, thirty six rebounds, twenty six. Um, but other than that, the stats were fairly close. But the rebounds were the was the one that um, stood out for me. And it was the um, it's the it was the great Pat Riley for the Los Angeles Lakers who yep. said rebounds win championships. Yeah, they do, hundred percent. His words. Um, but it's a tough loss for the Gladiators. They um, got that good win against Surrey, but like, Cheshire just too strong for them. And you got to give it to Ben Thomas, the head coach of Cheshire. I think he's BBL Coach of the Month. I think he is at the moment. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, ten straight wins. That's included BBL trophy. Yeah. They're securing that second spot. Spot. No, no one wants to take on London till the final. Um. So yeah, you know, they're doing everything. That would they, be a great final, wouldn't it? Cheshire and London in the final again. That would be great. Yeah. I mean, that would be that the taste of defeat. Yeah. For the BBL trophy for London, they would be would absolutely have to play a part yeah and the thing about the trophy is you can have that one win and claim the win in the playoffs i wonder how that would work out yeah and who's going to win top of the group and everything um but more importantly because cheshire secured that win over the gladiators it's another week that keeps the uh, london lions from delaying any celebration about a potential victory in the championship yeah, that's what I mean. It's like pretty much done, but yeah. there's still the maths to deal with. Um, but the, so originally, because uh, Lions beat Bristol, if Cheshire had lost, the Lions would have, that was got, it. They'd have got the cup. But not this week. Um, the only thing I did think was odd in this game was towards the end. Um, I think I wanted to say maybe they were up by like eight or nine or something and there was two timeouts and so one of the timeouts for Cheshire were like with 19 seconds left and you're up by nine or so uh, I, d I don't know but it was like okay um and um one of the uh, gladiators got thrown out of the game he walked gave a thumbs up to the crowd as he walked out or um, yeah I can't say yeah yeah I can't say his surname uh, I'm not even gonna attempt to, Ali to well, I'm not even attempt to Barrow butcher that. Hodzik. Um, so uh, yeah, he got an unsportsman like in a tea. I do think his unsportsman's like. I mean, the commentating was saying, "Nah, it's a strong unsportsman like." I was like, that just looked like a foul to me. I, I don't know, but you know, they those guys who are maybe they had better 
angles or a bigger TV than I had. Um, but uh, yeah, I, d I don't know. Um, but I also missed Mr. T. So, uh, but going back to LaQuincy Rideau, um, what a player! What a player! Getting to the bus basket so strong inside and from beyond the arc, Mr. Franchise. Um, I yeah, this is it. This is what I wanted to highlight. This is why I like him. He's one of my favorite players. Um, and one of my most, my favorite stats is most fouls in the league. LaQuincy Rideau with 91 fouls. Perfect. Most assists in the league. LaQuincy Rideau, 164. Most steals in the league. LaQuincy Rideau, 74. Wow. That there, with the exception of the fouls, is a case for MVP. Oh, 100%. 100%. He has to be in that conversation. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I like the fact you're trying to use most fouls as a reason for well, getting him I MVP. I did say, with, with the exception, <laughs> it just shows that, but that stat shows you the, how much contact he's getting why, with people. Why, why did MJ win those MVPs all the time? He'd, he'd win all defense player. But he'd also win, uh, you know, an MVP, and he'd win scoring records. He'd win a dunk competition and stuff. Why was that? It's like he's an all-round player: steals, passes, assists, defense, rejection. He's, you know, he was everywhere. So that is, that is as good as ground as any for, for you know, it's, yeah. it's all very well having a scoring champion. And he's up, look, he's up there. He's up there with the scoring as well. So, you yeah. know, he's got to be in um, in that conversation. But look, this is for the British Basketball League. What a bloody fantastic week of basketball. Yeah. Yeah. And to finish that one, yeah. as it stands, is London Lions, Cheshire Phoenix, Caledonia, Newcastle Eagles, Leicester Riders, Sheffield Sharks, Bristol Flyers, Surrey Scorchers, Manchester Giants, and at the end, Plymouth City Patriots. I don't know why I've never thought of this, but do you know I like to come up with nicknames for the the home courts? Anything. Leicester yes. Riders, they're the stables. You go into the stables. I don't know why I've never thought of that one. It, it sounds creepy. You go the Warhorse Stables or something like that. Do anyway. You, do you want to come to the stables? <laughs> no. Right. Let's go to the Mark. Absolutely onto the NBA, and it's fair to say there's been a few changes, but the main one this week is really about All Star Weekend and how fantastic it was. Do you actually really want me to comment on this? Yeah, I absolutely do. I really want you to comment on it. Um, because I know it's going to mm. be really happy and positive and sunshine and flowers. Look, I'm gonna. Ex um, how do I word this to be nice? <clears throat> I think Mac McClung saved the weekend with the dunk competition, and he's a G League player. And that's the second time in a row he's won the slam dunk competition. And you're talk I'm talking about him saving the league, uh, sa saving the weekend. Um, I thought his dunk was utter <laughs> myself. I didn't really like it. I loved his dunks. Really? Yeah. I loved his dunks. I Which one did you not like? Uh, firstly, I didn't like the Shaq one. I thought it was... He's jumping over someone who's seven foot four. Okay. You and you're going... You... Well, didn't we like that? Right. Shaq's not seven foot four. He's seven one. But have you ever seen 
have you seen Vince Carter uh, do the dunk in the Olympics? Everyone saw that. Vince Carter doing the dunk in the Olympics over a seven-foot guy. That's the impressive dunk because you go, it's in-game, and he posterizes the guy. I like, liked it, Mark. I'm not saying it's not I athletic. I liked his dunks. It's just... Mm. And I, I, I really liked his dunks. And the fact that he's got a jersey that looks like an Orlando Magic jersey is even better. Yeah. I'm sure Aaron Gordon would disagree there. But. Um, I would go as far... I'm trying to say this as nice as possible. I think everyone knows what is wrong with the All-Star Weekend. But it's like no one's doing anything about it. So... Oh, should we do a positive then? What? Can I do a positive? Yeah, go on. For Stefan Sabrina, the three-point shoot. Did you see that? Yeah, it's all right. I liked it. I didn't it. like the court put, for me, took away the that, moment. Yeah, 100%. I was but, like, it's, it's like lime green, wasn't it, at the moment? It's like, I was focused on the court and not like the, the shooting. I wasn't a fan of the WWE belt that they got, that Steph got for winning it as well. Well, there's, there's a little clip of him doing that and he's like, uh, it's a... If interesting touch I didn't know that was a thing I didn't know we were doing that um, but uh, credit to Sabrina and credit to Steph as well because uh, she shoot, showed she could shoot uh, well she hit 26 she did use she like, hit, a, a WNBA ball she used, I wondered what they would she do she used for that. the WNBA ball because that's the ball she's used to but she shot from the same line that Steph did so you can't argue yeah. with that I just I um, wondered if Ste- if they would do a work out who would would they Steph go down would she go up I don't know I, well I, I guess you can't compare them no not directly no but what you would say is she got twenty six that's the same as everyone else in the dunk competition uh, in the three point competition yeah. uh, she would have been second she, and you know she can shoot I, I mean yeah so it was credit to Steph because he had you know his reputation he put that on. You he said arguably that the best when you shooter. went and watched uh, I th- you were in Minnesota and you watched yeah, a yeah. WNBA game the first thing you said to me was um, they uh, I don't think you'll mind me saying this you were mm-hmm. like I was surprised how good their shooting was and that was like you were like their shooting is really good oh yeah I, and it's, I think it's because I've not seen that level of professional women's basketball so I, I just hadn't seen that level and it's oh yeah everyone's because it's not that there is physicality but it's a different kind of physicality it's more about moving that ball and shooting so they're getting that open shot it's in uh, it's really quite impressive to see but yeah, yeah I, that for me was well, I thought that was better than the dunk, the dunk competition was junk I no thought. it wasn't I loved it no Jalen Brown he should have been Mac McClung's dunks were nice they were good dunks okay. they are and I like it when they put when they show something different. So he jumped over a player, got the ball, threw it up, let go, yeah, caught it, and then put oh, it yeah, behind no, no for question. a reverse dunk. It was like, that was good. That was no question with that. And I thought him and the three-point challenge, yep. I thought those were the saving graces for the weekend. They were really, really good. But the only problem I had with Brown, was I don't know if you saw Jalen Brown, he put a Michael Jackson glove on, did a dunk over a guy who's five foot two or something who was sat down. It's like, I would probably be able to jump over that. I wouldn't be able to dunk it, but I'd be able to jump over him. Um, But he did that and then he did a dunk and then covered his eyes and you go, what was that? It was, it was awful. His, and everyone has slated him. Like he should not be 
what is he doing that for? They should. That's where you should bring people who are G League, like Matt McClung. Bring I, players who are rookies and stuff like that. Get them into that. For me, I I like uh, the dunk competition. It. it was like that was I I quite liked it and I, I liked the dunks. That wasn't the negative for that weekend for me. What was it? The negative is I'm just gonna. I've got a Larry Bird quote for you. Yeah, the legend Larry Bird. Um, and I think he called out players from his press conference before the game and yeah. urged them to take it seriously. And he said, the one thing I'd really like to see is they play hard tonight in this all-star game. I think it's very important when you have the best players in the world together, you've got to compete and you've got to play hard and you've got to show the fans how good they really are. Now, I think when you have a game that looks like a training run um with a a lack of effort that is a a showcase um and you you can see i've got a stat for you these are the number of fouls that were called so in 1974 46 were fouls were called in the all-star game yeah 1993 62 fouls called 2003 37 fouls called 2023 7 fouls called this all-star game 3 fouls called yeah, joke. and when it's like what was it? I didn't even look at the score in the end 200 and something 180 or something like that wasn't it yeah, let's give up. it's just like I mean I'd, I'd like Dame's 50 foot shot that was good it was entertaining but when guys are mucking about on the court and they're laughing, like there was a moment with Lucas and Jokic and they were like, yeah, and they were like, it's just like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Because when no you one lack, wants to be there. When you lack competition and pride, you lose your audience and your viewers. And the All-Star Game package is absolute trash yeah. is what my view is on it. It has been for years. But... I have got a solution. I have got a solution. Now, I know you said we talked about for let's get the world versus the Americans. Mm -hmm. Yeah? Yep. Can't do it. That moment with Lucas and, and Jokic in the game where they were mucking around highlighted to me that NBA players are too con uh, conformed in the All-Star game with, yeah, we're having a laugh. This is it. Yeah, this is... You can't bring them in. So my suggestion is this should no longer be world versus NBA because those guys are just having a laugh and it's not, it's, there's no competition there. So instead, let's make it about Europe taking on the NBA. I'm talking Barcelona, Real Madrid, Olympiacos, Monaco, Milan, Munich. Let's take players from teams from Spain, Greece, France, Israel, Turkey, Italy, Germany, Serbia, Lithuania, Great Britain, with maybe London Lions. <laughs> gotta, gotta get Great Britain in there, Mark. Um, let's take that team. They will go over there and be, you know, playing with some competition and pride. That is what I think the All-Star game needs. Let's put the NBA up for bragging rights against Europe. I mean, it's an idea. Europeans will go over and go, right, we're, we're going to play. And look, you're talking about those teams are in 
the biggest European league. Like they're all playing in the big European league. Oh yeah. Um, it's like they're gonna go over and say we're we are up for this. It's like it's like the Olympics. Well, that we, is my idea. On our, I like it. I like the idea. I mean, we posted on Instagram about the probably the, the benchmark for the um, All Star Game, and that benchmark is the one. I think it's two thousand and one in Washington, and it's the one where Kobe is playing. Yeah, I was going to say Kobe, Magic, Jordan. That you got that's you. That's the last time you go back and enjoy those well, games. So this one is where you'll get him and Marbury. And you've got Garnett, Vince Carter. You've got every single person in that era who was in the early, very early 2000s, 2001. But look how they're celebrating when that goes in. Oh, they are all, this was a like pride. That's yeah. what that says Yeah, to because me. they were, <laughs> he had Kobe's team and they were, they were, it was, Kobe got the ball. I want the ball back. Give me the ball. And they were fighting for it. It was 110, 111. I think there was a score at the end, but they were fighting for it. But what I also liked in that era, they were all wearing their own jerseys. And one team was wearing the home jerseys, so they were in the white colours, and then one team was in the the coloured colours. Yeah, I, I actually quite like the East West kit, but everyone I, I everyone's everyone like the jerseys. Everyone's but, different. But that that victory when they're all jumping up there, that sh it meant the something. Pride is so the I read, they're up for it. I read one online, and you might like this. If you're gonna do East versus West, how about this? Whoever wins gets the advantage of home court when you're in the playoffs. No, but that uh, that that might not be. F that's not fair. That's not. F well, uh, that's not a bad idea. If you're see. east or west, it doesn't matter who it is. Because even if you're not someone, you say you're in Atlanta and and Trey Young, and you're you're not even playing on the first team or whatever. Doesn't matter because if the East win, say Miami, sorry you're in Miami, so Miami get it. You win if Miami somehow get to the finals. They got the advantage in the East over the West. You may only have a. It's, 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 you may only have a, a handful of players who are like, right, this actually is making a difference to me now. But yeah, that might then kick everyone else to yeah, we, one in the play. Yeah, but most of these people, if you like these people there, were on Kobe's team. They're on Kobe's team. He's like, yeah, you're not slacking here. That's it's not it's not a bad idea. The NBA needs to rethink it. that package. So everyone's saying, put money to them, pay the players it's, money. They get no. enough money. They don't need it. It's like incentivize them. And the team, and you go, what the, make it work for it? The All Star Game is a joke. Well, the other, th the All Star Game was utter. It was terrible. The oh, one it'd be thing interesting I, what the viewing, so the viewing figures are. Wasn't very good apparently so far, but they haven't announced the figures. But. I bet the All Season, uh, the, the NBA Cup, that would be bigger. That final would be possibly. Bigger, oh yeah, no, the M NBA Cup was definitely, but also. The one thing they did do, which I thought was quite nice, was a rising star thing. And, you know, we've got to give a shout out to J Jeremy Sochan because uh, Jeremy, Jeremy was part of that rising star, rising ballers or rising stars. Um, it was the like rookies or the juniors all playing and they had a separate game for that. And I don't know if you saw that one. Um, that might be another idea. Get but the they did that. rookies to play. No, so they had they had one game that was doing it. It was the first year that they've ever done it. And it was a separate one on the weekend. But, I mean, get the rookies to play the... Uh, the actual All-Stars. Well, so these rookies were coached by previous players. You had Jalen Rose, Detlef Schrempf, and oh, you had, right. you had, and that was really good. But yeah, you're saying all right. Like, no one knows about it because it wasn't really highlighted and they just sort of quietly did it this year. Like, this is the first time we're doing it. We're going to see how it goes. And I actually thought it was better than it. Make that the highlight. 
Make that the highlight. Yeah, just celebrate the NBA more. But apparently, ticket prices were like three and a half grand and for to go. What? And, yeah, it's just for pe- what? Just to watch fans didn't. Hey, get to, fans didn't just... get to see players. They didn't get to interact, and that's the whole point about it. it should be a celebration. So they they did miss the mark on that. Unfortunately, oh, the NBA. I'm going to go back to my comment, and I'm going to say, I don't think. Oh, should I say this or not? Because I'm really throwing this out here. Why not? I don't think the NBA would have the testicular fortitude to take on the European a championship team. Like, with players from Barcelona, Real Madrid. <laughs> I mean, they're all good teams. I'm not saying it's a better league so, at all. So you'd have Yanis and Yogi playing from for the NBA. And you're yes. basically saying... Yeah. So you're, what you're really saying is NBA versus FIBA, effectively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah. Because those, like... The European guys are going to go out there and say, pride. They're going to be out and they're going to go, you can muck around. We're going to w- and all try to play- win this game. All the players are coming. They're going to want it because they go, there might be a chance I could get scouted and come in the NBA. So they're going to play playing on their absolute game. And if the NBA players turn up and want to joke about, you're going to lose. But do you know my only caveat why I think it fails as a, as a whole thing? It's my, my ending comment. I think it fails because none of the players can afford to be injured during the game. Just thinking that. Yeah, yeah. And because of that, they will will never play hard now. And because of all these things now where they have rules, you've got to play so many games. Why have it then? Exactly. It's a... Imagine the money. And and some of them get fined and they actually lose their salary if they don't play so many games or it affects their contracts going forward. So insurance-wise, they're like, we can't afford to do it. But I don't know. The only other thing it's worth, I I actually think this needs, I'm going to make the point, but I think it needs its own show. We should talk about the legend Shaquille O'Neal, who has just had his um, number 32 jersey um, raised uh, to the rafters by the Orlando Magic. And he is, um, he's joined um, Wilt Chamberlain and Pete Maravich. and being the only players to have three uh, a jersey retired by three different clubs. Yeah. So O'Neal, he's had his number 34 retired by the Lakers, number 32 by Miami Heat, and now 32 for the Orlando Magic as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's in uh, great company there. And um, I think that deserves a sh- uh, show in itself. Yeah, it will do, because once you've opened a floodgate with Shaq, you've got Penny waiting in the wings at Orlando and that was the very first one that the Orlando have ever done so it's a matter of time before they start putting other people up yeah we, we'll do a show about Shaq Big Diesel well right. there you go Mark <laughs> great weekend for the BBL great week for the BBL awful weekend for the NBA great week for the BBL and we haven't got another game with the BBL until the 29th so it's like another nine days for until the BBL oh, game right. they've almost got like a week off it's crazy I don't know what they'll be doing. Maybe, Maybe there's a lot of European they, games. They're on a break so they can interview on. us. But if you are not doing that, and if you are not playing basketball, you should be listening to our previous shows. Go back, check them out, have a listen. Join us on Instagram, on Facebook, and all those other beautiful things. We're even on YouTube now, so go check that out. I have been Mark. I have been Paul. And if they got nine days off, we must be able to interview someone. Interview someone and get them to play bad. No.